Hi, this is uh, the Scott and Minna's podcast. We're back in New York. And the podcast this time is a sort of uh, almost an intro to some uh, amazing work that Minna's did uh, back in 2010. And it was the genesis of uh, a lot of her work. That is to say, she interviewed a number of um, survivors in Los Angeles. And uh, Manas, I want to ask you, I mean, I know already because I've read Shoah through Muslim eyes, but tell the audience how you you, um, describe in the book these interviews and how you call that chapter. Sure. um, Just, you know, just for the audience, Shoah means Holocaust in Hebrew, and these survivors are... Um, obviously Holocaust survivors. I mean, they're survivors of all kinds, but these are specifically from the Holocaust. All of them were Jewish. And um, how did I feel about doing these interviews? I was very, very nervous. I'd never done interviews before. I had to really think about the questions. And um, it was, I think, one of the most amazing experiences I've had um, to be sitting there listening to a survivor talk about their lives inviting me into their homes <coughs> or move, meeting me in the museums and then we became friends. Um, it's a real emotional investment and I had a lot of trouble sleeping those days. I remember I couldn't really decathect myself from their experiences um, and just felt so close to them the whole time. Well, it's important to know. I, I was there for the, most of these interviews and uh, we'll, we're going to hear a, a sort of a compilation of them at the end of the podcast. And it's important at this point to mention our good friend Art Kellner, who came out of uh, you know videographer, came out of, of regular television, um, Hollywood, to help you document this work. And it'd be fun to talk a little bit about how you met Art and how this that project began. Yeah, I would. I met Art in. Uh, 2007 I was teaching at the St. Mary and Joseph retreat in Palos Verdes Mm -hmm. and I was doing a series of classes on Islam actually Um, and um, they were it was an adult class and he happened to take it and at the end of the class he came up to me and he said you know I really really like what you're doing I love your presence. I think you'd be really, really good on video. And I really like to do something with you. And I laughed and I said, ha ha. Um, <clears throat> and he said, no, I, I think this voice needs to be out there and we need to hear more people like you. And then that's that's how I met Art. And we became friends. And you, I, you, said, you, I said, hey, Art, I want to do this. And he said, I'll be there. Do you remember how the logistics of this was organized. I think it was something to do with the um, Holocaust Museum. Or, or it the was, um, Museum yeah. There LA. was a wonderful. Um, I met the director of the Museum of Tolerance, Liebe Geft, and mm-hmm. asked her to connect me with someone who could connect me with survivors because it's not easy to do that. Um, so I met Alana Samuels, who's an amazing woman who was the head of the Survivors Bureau there. And she said, well, who do you want to interview? And I said, anyone who's willing to be interviewed by a Muslim. 
and she came up with a list then she would call them and then I would follow up and so that's how it happened and we would do it when it's convenient for them wherever they were comfortable and we proceeded I think uh, the first one if I'm not mistaken was a very special individual in his house in Beverly Hills yes Robert Clary um, he was the uh, French chef in Hogan's Heroes um, and he was a survivor from um, Dachau and um, he was very interesting very intense very vibrant and uh, an amazing person because he kept drilling into me in terms of my own faith and that's when um, Art decided that he needed two cameras because he, 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 we didn't predict that the survivors would be actually asking me questions about who I was and how I felt about being Muslim myself. So it turned out to be a really interesting journey. Um, I think very unique for them. Uh, I was the last one that Robert Clary gave an interview to and um, he's an amazing painter, very welcoming, um, just a really fun guy I mean after all that he's he went through yeah I think as as time has unfolded over the last uh, eight years and I've heard you talk about this experience many many times I think one of the things that the people are most interested in is the that uh, they were as interested in you as you were in them yeah I mean I think it was a, a very rare experience for them to be interviewed by a Muslim I think they they definitely dedicate themselves to educating students and going around um, to different places like museums and talking about their experiences but they had never really I mean they had been interviewed by USC Shoah Foundation where they have experts or you know um, <coughs> different people but you know mainly Jews and I think they just really didn't have the experience of sitting with a Muslim one-to-one ever some of them had ever ever really talked to one so for me it was a real precious precious unique experience and I I can't tell you how much it still means to me and when the art sent me this um, edited cut recently actually this morning I kind of haven't stopped thinking about it and keep mm -hmm. watching it over and over again um, just to sort of and I miss them I really miss them I just, I was telling you the other day, I just uh, caught a, a Netflix uh, special about, you know, what is humor in the Holocaust context, context and, um, and Renee Firestone, who you interviewed, was there, and it was so interesting, uh, you know, it's a, it's a strange sort of concept in terms of a, a documentary, but to see people who are um, survivors that we've gotten to know thanks to your work it was amazing um, maybe a few words about maybe one of the more intense uh, moments during those interviews sure um, I actually talk about this in my book Shoah Through Muslim Eyes where I interviewed Elizabeth Mann a couple of times once at the Museum of Tolerance and once at our house and um, this experience will never ever leave me. When she started to tell me when she arrived at Auschwitz and her brother was 12 and he had just he he'd just not finished his bar mitzvah and he turned around to her and said which side should I go to 
and she said go with your mother because she felt like he was still a young boy totally and logical yeah thought. a logical thought and he was taken with his mother to the gas chambers and when she she told me this story several times and the guilt that she has that she put her brother through death that if she had put him in the other line he could have survived as a worker or laborer like she did um, I think those those kind of moments uh, and just sitting there alone with a woman who still feels that guilt which has nothing to do with her and she had no idea what right or left meant exactly no I mean, idea she was 16 making a logical decision in a very illogical time yeah and one of your uh, survivors actually came face to face with Mangala yeah it was uh, Renee Firestone she is blue-eyed um, blonde hair and when she got to Auschwitz uh, she was questioned by Mangala because Mangala like most Nazis um, had stereotyped Jews to be dark and dark-haired and brown-eyed and dark-skinned which is of course not the case and so because she was so light and fair and blonde he questioned her if she was Jewish and she said yes and she had no idea what she was saying I mean she was telling the truth both sets of her grandparents were Jewish so these kind of incidences show you timing life the craziness the madness the insanity of the Holocaust the kind of selection and the kind of stereotypes that we live with and we still live with these stereotypes so um, w that is why it's important to talk about the Holocaust that is why it's important to talk about these small experiences because these small experiences are experiences that we still have yeah not the Holocaust I mean never compare anything to the Holocaust but these little prejudices and the ways that we look at people become you know symbolic of racism and who we you know exterminate so we have to thank uh, Art Kellner for what we're about to hear it's a, a, a four minute a little bit over a four minute piece it's a collection of the sort of essential clips of your um, Do you know many Muslims? your interviews with your survivors and um, just real quickly, tell me the names of the survivors we're hearing in order. Um, Elizabeth Mann, a survivor from Auschwitz. Then um, I think it's Renee Firestone, survivor from Auschwitz. Dave Lux, who's actually a kinder transport survivor yeah. um, from England. He's mm -hmm. one of the the kids that were survived from London, from many of them from Sir Winston, and then um, Robert Clary, survivor of Dachau, and Auschwitz both, actually. So I was wrong about Dachau. I just remembered he said Auschwitz was, uh, Dachau was like a resort compared to Auschwitz. I remember that. Well, okay, without any further ado, let's, let's listen to this clip that's going to uh, fulfill out our our podcast this week and um, we will s talk to you again soon here we go with the, the footage do you know many Muslims have you talked to Muslims no I wish I would because for me it doesn't matter you are Muslim you are a human being I love people mm -hmm. when I speak 
I never ever think about that is Muslim or Catholic or Protestant or whatever. Uh -huh. I just see a human being and that's the way I was raised actually. Uh -huh. What is your main message to Muslims about the Holocaust? I don't know if anyone completely understand what happened there. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, what happened, that's true. Mm -hmm. Why that did happen, and the whole world was looking at and didn't do anything, that's one thing I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But one thing I understand, that we should all like each other, talk to each other, and try to understand each other. Talking to you, I forget that, you know, you are... You are Muslim today? Yes. Okay. I, I totally forget that, but... Uh, but that's good. Yeah, we shouldn't look yeah, at our... I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that's precisely the point of this question. I know, I realize that yeah. the question I have for the Muslims, do you really believe that any paper we sign is going to have an effect on the children that you teach to kill? That's the question I want to ask. Okay, perfect question. The gas chambers especially are seen by a lot of people as a fabrication. As difficult as it is for me to ask you this, could you perhaps shed light on that from your perspective? Well, you know, only a totally ignorant human being would say today that it didn't happen. I don't have the right to forgive. It's, it's not my job to forgive. God is the only one that can forgive. I only have to remember and be aware all the time of what can happen. Uh -huh. So, you know, I, I try, try to do my job. Okay. Like you are doing yours. <laughs> have you been threatened? Have I been threatened? Yes. I'm sure. As a Muslim, yes. Both in my community and outside of my community. I'm sure. So, I mean, I also spend a lot of time, Renee, going to Jewish temples mm -hmm. and um, showing similarities of justice between Judaism and Islam. I don't care what color, what creed, what, what you do in life, as long as you're a decent person. That's, that's enough for me. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you a religious Muslim? I believe, yes. You believe. Okay. You believe there's there's some. Do you believe there's somebody upstairs who's going to guide your life, who's going to make you a better person? I don't think that person is going to make me a better person, but I think there's something there that then, is not that, guiding me. That, that, then, then you 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 go through your life with rules, the rules that the Muslims are giving you. Is that is that what it is? I'm asking you. I'm not I'm not judging you. I'm asking you a question. No, I don't go with the rules. Because a lot of people do that, right. including the Jewish religion. If a Muslim is watching, what do you want to say to them? I say, get an education. Learn about life. Don't be in your little sphere only. And just don't see anybody else but yourself. And, that's, and if you do that, if you get educated, maybe we'll have a better chance in this world. So there's stories that were told during Muhammad's life in the 6th century. Jihad means struggle. Okay, okay. So, so jihad has several connotations. One is holy war. 
not direct translation, but the result is holy war. Which means, if someone comes to your house and forces you and your family out or kills you, you have the right to defend yourself with struggling against them through jihad. However, it doesn't mean that you kill them. The Holocaust is unique, right? Holocaust was not just in Germany, it was in Poland, it was in Czech, it was in Italy, it was all over, it was in Tunisia. So the whole point of the Holocaust was to exterminate Jews off the face of the earth. I don't care if someone wants to sit there and deny it, they can do it to their blue in the face. 